It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Good morning and welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I am Brenna Thompson, licensed and registered dietitian, and this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education and counseling. Do you have diabetes or pre-diabetes or gestational diabetes? If so, you are probably well aware that you are not alone. Actually, one out of every 11 people has diabetes. What's really scary, though, is that one out of every three people has prediabetes. And of those people with prediabetes, between 15 to 30% of them will develop type 2 diabetes within five years. And many of those people with diabetes or prediabetes are walking around not even knowing it. Yes. Not knowing it because maybe their doctor's not testing their blood sugars. Yep. So, first off, at your next annual exam, ask for your blood sugar, or they might call it blood glucose, to be tested. But also, I've seen this happen with a couple of my family members and many, many clients over the years, where the doctors will run the blood glucose or the blood sugar, and it comes back showing prediabetes, and the doctors don't point it out, don't say anything is wrong. So, if you've had your blood sugars tested, or maybe you know you have and you have it on file somewhere and can pull it out, Look at that blood glucose or that blood sugar number because you want it less than 100. If it's over 100, we have problems. We have problems, Houston. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So if you haven't guessed, today's topic is all about diabetes. Actually, it's on how to prevent the health complications associated with diabetes. And you heard her already. Joining me this morning is Cassie Weenus, registered and licensed dietitian. Yeah, sorry, I kind of jumped in there. We got ahead of the welcomes. <laughs> We've already been very like, <laughs> on rants this morning. Yeah, I don't know if it's the weather and we're just cold and grumpy, but we Cabin have fever. been, haven't we? Maybe, yeah. maybe. Say, But you know, I'd have to get in my regular routine here before we get back into topics. So good morning to... To my 10-year-old listening back home, and good morning to my 8-year-old. Back to this topic, though, of diabetes, I think it's safe to say that diabetes is a very popular topic, if we want to use that word, popular. And why I say that, we were looking back at past Dishing Up Nutrition shows, you know, because you can download them and listen to them repeatedly. And what we found was that the March 2nd, 2013 show was the most downloaded show. And that was all about type 2 diabetes. You were on that one, weren't you? I was you? on that one, yes. You were on that one. Again, back in 2013, it was called The Serious Side of Type 2 Diabetes. We had over 45,000 downloads of that That's show. so many. Yeah. It's amazing. And no wonder it's a as you put it, popular topic (laughs) with little air quotes around it. Did you know that adults with diabetes have a 50% greater risk of an early death than adults without? I did not know that. And I think if people are walking in and out of the room or in and out of the car, you should say that again. That's powerful. 50% greater risk of an early death for adults who have diabetes. That's motivation to get those blood sugars under control. Yes. And, you know, if you are a listener out there that has kids or you have grandkids, we know you want to be around to watch them grow up. 
I mean, I think most people want to live long, healthy, enjoyable lives. And not only that, you want to get control of your health, get control of your blood sugars. Because if you're a parent or a grandparent, don't you want your kids and your grandkids to grow up strong and healthy and not develop diabetes, right? I don't know why you wouldn't. Right. And I don't think most people realize that what we feed our kids now, whether they're five, eight, or 10, is setting the stage for them as adults. So we can feed them well and really give them a good foundation so that Mm -hmm. we're going to help protect them from diabetes and from other diseases. Or we can feed them Lunchables and lots of potato chips and french fries and all and that. And Pop-Tarts and yeah, just all those lead them down r- a path of self-destruction. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, you know, eat healthy for yourself so you're around long for those kids and grandkids, but also eat healthy to set an example for your kids and your grandkids so they and the grow neighbor up kids healthy. And everybody's yeah. kids, yeah. Now, despite what people might think, type 2 diabetes is preventable. And clients often tell us that diabetes runs in their family and that they are doomed to develop it themselves. But really, we have the power. This is what Cassie's little... (laughs) We're just feisty this morning. Yes. Yes. We have the power to prevent diabetes and to control the progression of the disease if we already have it. Absolutely. And I know some of you out there might be thinking, well, but Uncle Bob eats sugar and just takes his insulin shots and he seems happy enough. Can I do that? But you know what? The oral medications for diabetes, the insulin injections for diabetes, yeah, they might keep you alive, but they're not keeping you your healthiest. People with diabetes that aren't controlling their blood sugars well through food are at a high risk for developing macular degeneration, and we know that can lead to blindness. They're also at a high risk for developing heart disease. People with those uncontrolled blood sugars are at a high risk of having a heart attack and also of having a stroke. Not only that, but maybe you've noticed the dialysis centers popping up all over the Twin Cities. Have you seen those, Cassie? Yes, that's job security for us, right? If if this place ever went under, we could pop over there. Yeah, so people with diabetes are at greater risk of developing kidney failure. And in fact, uncontrolled blood sugars are the number one reason for kidney disease. And neuropathy is another common complication of diabetes. So if you ever get that tingling or burning sensation in your toes, that sensation is from too much sugar causing damaged nerves. Damaged nerves from high blood sugars can also occur in your intestinal tract. That can slow down digestion, which could potentially lead to constipation. So kind of start connecting those dots. Yes. And that's re- the the neuropathy is really interesting. I have a client that I met with earlier this week, and we've only been working together for, I think she said about three months now. She had neuropathy and it was in her arms and it would wake her up at night. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was very, very painful for her. And so we really just started pulling out the processed carbs and sugar. And she goes, in three months, you fixed what it has taken doctors years to try and figure out. And she's sleeping now. And she's I sleeping. Mean, that makes life wonderful. Yes. So no longer does she wake up at night with her toes and her fingers tingling. But here's the thing. She didn't have diabetes. But she oh, knows my that if she eats too much sugar, too many processed carbs, then that painful neuropathy comes back within that night. So sugar is evil. It is. Yes. <laughs> so again, we want to emphasize that you, yes, you have the power to prevent diabetes and to control your blood sugars. Both the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, and the American Diabetes Association 
recognize that being active, eating a healthy diet, losing weight or maintaining a healthy weight are all steps needed to prevent or control diabetes. Sounds great. But what does that mean? Yes, let's put that into practical terms. And since we're the nutrition experts, I think it makes sense for us to tackle the diet or the nutrition component of this topic. Now, are you confused about your diabetic diet? I feel that many diabetes diets are more complicated than they need to be. And I would know I worked in a diabetes center for about two and a half, three years. That's right. That's why you always get asked to do the diabetes shows. Yes. There we go. There we go. There's the connection. So, yes. So I used to be that confusing diabetic dietitian. But now when working with clients, I like to keep nutrition simple and easy to follow. Foods should be easy to prepare, and they should be tasty to eat. Yes, we want your food to taste great. That makes life more enjoyable, but we want those meals and those snacks to balance your blood sugars, too, because preventing diabetes complications is all about balancing those blood sugars. If blood sugars are allowed to rise too high, and if that's happening too often, our blood vessels become inflamed. And our nerves become inflamed, and it's really this inflammation that leads to the damaged eyes, to the damaged kidneys, and we didn't mention this yet, but that inflammation can potentially lead to memory loss or signs of Alzheimer's. Well, and that's because they are now calling Alzheimer's type 3 diabetes, because it's so related to and linked to this insulin resistance and having high blood sugars. Interesting. Yeah. So let's... You know, kind of do a quick review on blood sugars and insulin. When we eat carbohydrates, our body breaks down that carbohydrate into very small, simple sugars called glucose. And people with diabetes will be familiar with this if they test their blood sugars, also known as using their glucometer. And as blood sugar rises in response to the carbs that you just ate, maybe you just had a baked potato or maybe you ate some tortilla chips, we would call both of those high sugar foods, in response, your pancreas is going to release the hormone called insulin. Insulin's main job is to get the glucose or to get that blood sugar out of the blood and into our muscle cells for energy. It's kind of like insulin opens the receptor doors on our cells to get that sugar inside so the sugar can be used for energy. And you know, all this talk about insulin and blood sugar takes me right back to Wednesday night. I was teaching class two of the weight and wellness series yes out in maple grove and as you know that's all about blood, blood sugars, sugars and insulin it so sure is. i i just want to give a quick shout out to my class now that i'm thinking of them because boy i have a great class they are they are on top of this they're engaged they're into it i almost feel like we should have an advanced weight and wellness <laughs> class for them because they really get it they which do. is fun yes it is a lot of fun and We do need to take our first break this morning. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and today's topic is all about preventing the complications of diabetes. And even though women with gestational diabetes may not develop type 2 diabetes later in life, they are at much greater risk. Controlling their blood sugars during pregnancy is very important to prevent preterm births, as well as to prevent their baby from becoming too large before birth. Something that many women with gestational diabetes struggle with is high blood sugars in the morning. When we come back, Cassie and I will share a great bedtime snack to help prevent high morning blood sugars. If you've got questions for us today, please give the studio a call at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Cassie Wienis, registered and licensed dietitian. If you're just joining us, our topic today is preventing diabetes complications through nutrition. Now, something many women with gestational diabetes experience is high morning blood sugars, but it's not uncommon for people who are insulin resistant and have type 2 diabetes to experience this as well. And eating <clears throat> sorry, a small snack before bed with a little protein Carbohydrate and fat can help keep blood sugars balanced overnight and reduce those morning blood sugars. Right. And one treat before bed that many of our clients that are expectant moms enjoy is something we call protein pudding. It is so simple and fast to whip up. You just take half of a ripe banana, half of a slightly overripe avocado, and half of a scoop of our chocolate weight and wellness whey protein powder Whisk that all up with a fork in a little bowl, and you have our processor. protein pudding. You can throw it in the food mm-hmm. processor or your magic bullet if you want. If you need it a little thinner, some people like it thinner, you can add a tablespoon or two of canned coconut milk. And of course, there's always going to be women that would rather meet with a nutritionist than just listen to us on the radio to really help them figure out their diet so they can have the healthiest pregnancy possible. If you are one of those women, you can schedule an appointment with a weight and wellness licensed nutritionist or registered dietitian by calling the office at 651-699-3438. Awesome. Yes, that protein pudding is one of my favorites, and I like to make Mm -hmm. it in big batches. Oh, that's a good idea. So kind of using like maybe two bananas and two avocados and a couple scoops of the protein powder. And then it's just ready at night. It's to just, just ready. Scoop into a bowl. Yeah. Duh. But other people, they're kind of like, oh, no leftovers. Well, you know thyself, yes, right? That's right. Yes. And do I see we have a caller? Well, you can. You have good eyesight. I'm supposed to be watching that, but you saw green blinking button. Yeah, let's take that. We have Mary on line one. Mary, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Did you have a question for us? I do. Good morning, you guys. Good morning. Um, I have a question about that. I often get asked from students and friends when they go in and they get that first high blood sugar reading. The doctors will often tell them that it takes more than one to worry about it. And I want to know what your opinion is on that. First, hi, Mary. I, I didn't know say, I you. I knew that I voice. You. <laughs> oh, so glad you're listening. Okay, so back to her question. Back to your question. I say yes and no. I mean, sometimes if it's just a little high, maybe like 101, 102. Yeah, let's... Let's get it tested again in a week or two and see where it's at. But if it's in the 115s, the 120s, oh, no, there's something going on. Yeah, I I would say you need to change up your eating. And maybe you could easily change it up, especially what are you eating at night, and fix that number. But you need to change your eating. Yes. Okay. And so it kind of does go by what they had eaten more recently if it's just you know, a one-time thing. and Yeah, it could really be kind of a fluke. Um, you know, maybe the night before they decided to have birthday cake or mm-hmm. okay. something, and it's just kind of throwing that number off a little bit. But certainly if it's high, higher, there, there's stuff going on. Okay. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. You too. <laughs> Stay Thanks, warm. Before break, we were giving our quick little recap on blood sugars and right. how carbohydrates are broken down into sugar in the gut 
and yep. that turns into glucose, hits our bloodstream. And, and then, then we have that little man. I always think of him as this little man that comes out, several little men, usually. Several little men. <laughs> and we call those little guys insulin, and their job is to run around picking up these sugar molecules mm-hmm. to get them out of the blood and get them into our muscle cells to give us energy. As I said before, insulin is is one of its jobs is to open the receptor doors, if you want to think of them as doors, on our cells to get the blood sugar inside. Yes, and foods that are high in sugar are, of course, obvious sweet foods, such as soda, juice, pastries, cakes, cookies, and tomorrow, Valentine candy. <laughs> Many if you're going to buy that. If set. you're going to buy it. Many people are also aware that very starchy foods, such as potatoes, bread, and pasta, turn into a lot of sugar In our body as well. So if you can avoid these foods Brennan just mentioned, it will go a long way in controlling your blood sugar. Mm -hmm. But truth be told, there are a lot of, and I'm going to do air quotes here, healthy looking foods out there or foods that are promoted to us as being healthy. Right. That will really do a number on your blood sugars as well. Because they're high in carbs. And many of our regular listeners know that foods high in carbs will turn into a lot of sugar in your blood. So Brenna and I are going to name some of these deceiving foods. And we want you to listen closely to see if any of your favorite foods are part of this list. How about popcorn? That used to be one of my favorites. Really? Before I found Nutritional Weight and Wellness, I truly thought it was a healthy choice. And I would have it every night for my bedtime snack. And mm-hmm. I I slept I mean, I had insomnia. I had insomnia. Now I know why, right? Yes. (laughs) I never liked popcorn, but then I, for a little while, had a thing with kettle corn, which is almost worse. Yeah. 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 But four cups of even just the people will say, well, what about the air popped? Or what if I make it at home and I use coconut oil? No, 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 no. Four cups of any kind of popped popcorn is going to turn into about eight teaspoons of sugar, quickly raising your blood sugar. And when I stopped that bedtime popcorn, it really helped my sleeping. I bet it did. How about cold cereal? Oh, yeah. Now, I can name a few people that have talked to me when they got high blood sugar readings and said, but isn't my shredded wheat a healthy choice in the morning for breakfast? And, you know, the box might kind of look healthy. And if you read the fiber content, you think to yourself, well, it's got fiber in it. But the shredded wheat and any cold cereal really turns to a lot of sugar. Shredded wheat in particular, if you pour two cups of that into your bowl, you have 22 teaspoons of sugar. That's before you put the skim milk on top that has... And the banana. ...even more sugar. And maybe the glass of juice. Yes. Sugar overload. Now... Maybe you think that using a sandwich thin or a wrap, I hear this one a lot from clients, uh, might be a better choice because you go, oh, well, it's thin. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a better choice than having two whole slices of bread. But actually, I looked and one sandwich thin still turns into four teaspoons of sugar and most wraps turn into about eight teaspoons of sugar. So still high sugar foods. High sugar foods, yes. And if you have a favorite food in your pantry or in your cupboard that we haven't named and you're thinking, oh, it's probably not that great for me, you can figure out how much sugar your foods there in the cupboards turn into. All you have to do is look at the Nutrition Facts panel and look at total carbohydrates. Don't look at sugars. There's no standards for reporting sugars on packaged foods, so that that can be so deceiving. But look at total carbohydrates. That will give you a number in grams, and you take that number divided by four, 
and that'll give you the number of teaspoons of sugar that that food turns into fairly quickly in your body. Here's another one, saltine crackers. That is one, at this time of year, we hear all the time. Because you're putting it in your soup, you're crumbling it in your soup, and I don't think a lot of people think of saltine crackers as a high sugar food, but they're made from white flour. Yes, they are. White flour turns to sugar pretty fast, so if you grab 10 saltine crackers to go with your bowl of chili... That turns into five teaspoons of sugar right there. And we again, we wouldn't have thought of it as being sugar because they're salty. They're not right, sweet. Right. Now, Cassie, did you know that sugar is stored in three places in the body? Well, I do remember learning that way back when in college, but I bet a lot of our listeners don't know that. So maybe we should tell them which three places. Which three places when we get back from break? Probably. Good okay. eye you have there on the clock. <laughs> so you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. But before we break, I want to give you a little information to ponder. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Do you need help controlling your blood sugars? Do you need support to help keep you from grabbing fast food? Or maybe you need support to help keep you from grabbing the treats in the vending machine. And maybe you want to lose a little weight as well. Well, grab a pen and paper because when we come back from break, Brenna will have times and locations for our next round of Nutrition for Weight Loss classes, which start next week. And if you have questions for us pertaining to our topic of diabetes, call us here at the studio at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Brenna Thompson, registered and licensed dietitian, here with Cassie Weenus, also a registered and licensed dietitian. This week, Nutritional Weight and Wellness will be starting its very popular Nutrition for Weight Loss class series in Wyzetta on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m., Wednesday night in Woodbury, Thursday night in Mendota Heights, and Lakeville as well at 7 p.m. also, and St. Paul on Friday at noon. So for anybody who's working those oddball hours or maybe a mom whose kids are in school and she can pop over at noon before great bus stop yes. at 2 p.m. Now not only do we teach you how to eat real foods in balance for 12 weeks but you also get a two-hour consult with one of our nutritional weight and wellness dietitians or nutritionists. So to sign up give the office a call at 651-699-3438 or if you've got questions for us this morning you can call us at 651 641 1071 so I think when we went to break, we were talking about saltine crackers. I have to tell you, if we're at a restaurant, which is rare because we rarely go out to eat, <laughs> but if I see the wait staff giving little kids those saltine crackers to keep them quiet, I just cringe because like we talked about, they turn to a ton of sugar, but they also have bad fats in them. So it's like, what are you feeding the kids? Sugar and bad fats. It's no it's good. not right. No bueno. No. Now, before break, we were... I kind of posed the question to Cassie that, did you know that sugar is stored in three places in the body? And this is something that we do learn in school. But the thing is, after we eat crackers or ice cream or popcorn or popcorn or bagels and it's turned into sugar, it either goes to our muscles or to our liver. About 300 to 600 grams of carbohydrate can be stored in our muscles the more muscle mass we have, the better control we will have of our blood sugar. That's an interesting statement. So weightlifting, mm-hmm. whether you're man or woman, can help. I mean, food is the biggest piece of the puzzle here, but that could help in blood sugar control. It really does. So first and mostly that those carbohydrates that you ate go to uh, muscles. 
to the muscles and then 80 to 100 grams of the carbs you eat can be stored in your liver. And any extra sugar that isn't being used by our muscles or stored in our liver for later will be turned into body fat. So for a lot of people, that means that if they eat more than 400 grams of carbs in a day, which I'm sorry when I say that sentence, I just think, whoa, I would feel awful. And yet it's pretty darn easy to do if you eat the standard American diet. Yes. If you start your morning with cold breakfast cereal or bagels and then maybe it's pasta at lunch Maybe it's a, a Subway sandwich or any type of a sandwich with all that bread mm-hmm. at at one of your meals. Maybe you're drinking pop throughout the day. Pretty easy to hit those 400 grams of carbs, and then you will have high blood sugars, and you'll store that extra sugar as body fat. Yes, and the question we often hear is, well, then how much carbohydrate should I eat? And I typically recommend that people eat no more than about 30 grams of carbohydrate per meal preferably coming from vegetables or a little fruit. An example would be having half a cup of sweet potato eaten with three cups of broccoli. Right. Vegetables, vegetables, vegetables. Vegetables, vegetables, yes. We have a question here I think we should go to. We have Tammy on line one. Good morning, Tammy. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Good morning. Thank you. Um, you've been talking about oatmeal and how that can turn into sugar, and I, one, one thing I love is steel-cut oatmeal. Does that also include steel-cut oatmeal, that that's really bad to eat as well? The kind you so, cook on the stove? Yeah, I don't necessarily like to say that, if and if it's plain oatmeal, and particularly the steel-cut, because it's going to take longer to digest. For a lot of people, I think having like a half to three-quarters cup of some cooked steel-cut oats in the morning with some protein, and some of the healthy fats, that can be a good breakfast for some people. For some people. Now, notice she said a half to three quarters cup cooked. So you want to start out with more like a quarter cup dry, which is different than the package we'll usually recommend. Yeah. But that's to keep those blood sugars in control. Okay. Yes. So, and, And I would say that that could be a good breakfast for more active individuals or people who are not struggling with blood sugar control. Okay. But somebody with diabetes or a lot of insulin resistance, probably not going to be the best breakfast for them. Okay. Very good. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank Thank you, you. Tammy. That was a great question. question. Yeah. So you were talking about half cup sweet potato, three cups broccoli. Um, I want to talk about that a little bit more and give some numbers here for the people that like to know the numbers of grams of carbs they should eat. If you don't like to know all these numbers, if it's too confusing, you don't need to memorize all of this. You can still... Balance your blood sugars without knowing all of this particular information. But this is kind of interesting that a half a cup of sweet potato is about 15 grams of carbs. And then you mentioned, Brenda, the three cups of broccoli. That's about another 15 grams of carbs, most of which is fiber. So there we have that 30 grams of carbs, which is the most that most people should eat at a meal. 30 grams of carbs. And for some people, that's too much. But some people can handle it. So a meal like this with the sweet potato and broccoli you're going to have about seven teaspoons of sugar floating around in in your bloodstream after this meal. But because these vegetables are so high in fiber, that rise in blood sugar is going to happen slowly over time. Now, if you ate the same 30 grams of carbs in the form of two slices of bread, or maybe you had a cup of pasta to get your 30 grams of carbs, that's different than the vegetables and your blood sugar is going to spike really fast. Yes, it will. And you might be thinking, 
but I don't like broccoli. Or well, I, I like, like sweet broccoli, potatoes. but and I know you like broccoli. I do love me some broccoli. Oh, I love broccoli. I had it for breakfast and lunch yesterday. Um, yes, I bet there are some people out there that don't care for broccoli or maybe don't care for sweet potato. That's okay. There's a lot of vegetables to pick from. Maybe it's cauliflower. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's asparagus. If green beans are your favorite, eat green beans till the cows come home. Most vegetables that grow above the ground are low in carbohydrates, so it's really hard to overdo it on those. Um, you know, And if they're low in carbs, they're going to be low in sugar, and they taste so wonderful. Be sure you top them with some organic butter or some type of healthy fat because there's a lot of vitamins and minerals in these vegetables, and there are several of them that need healthy fat in order to be absorbed by our body. And those healthy fats are going to help balance your blood sugar. That too. Good point. And as we've been saying, most people find that eating about 30 grams of carbohydrate with their balanced meals that include that protein and fat keeps their blood sugars balanced and helps them lower their hemoglobin hemoglobin A1C, which is a marker of how well blood sugars have been controlled for the past three months. Right. So, you know, as we said before, for other people, 30 grams of carbs at a meal is going to be too much. And so then you just kind of have to experiment and see what works best for you. Some people are best limiting their carbs to 15 grams total at a meal. And this can easily be done just by removing that starchy piece. So in that example that Brandon was giving of the sweet potato and the broccoli, just don't eat the sweet potato. But imagine your plate. You still have three Three heaping cups cups of of broccoli broccoli. with butter on top. It's very filling. It really is. Uh... Since tomorrow is Valentine's Day, I'm sure many people are planning romantic dinners. I know my husband, I put him in charge of planning you the romantic did? Oh, I want to hear what happens. Then. I don't know what we're going to have. I, he just goes, oh, well, I guess tomorrow is Valentine's Day. We should probably do something. And I said, well, I'm working today, so <laughs> you get to figure it you. out. Yeah. Yes. Now, it seems that romantic dinners often come with a lot of pasta And bread and fancy desserts. I know your husband will not be planning that. He knows better. He does. He does love pasta, though. So you never know. But he we've already kind of done the Italian route this week with some meatballs and marinara sauce. So maybe some steak and lobster. Yeah, I kind of threw out the idea of some pork chops. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Love pork chops. Now, if somebody has diabetes or prediabetes, that romantic sugar with pasta romantic dinner romantic but i don't know what i said you said romantic sugar because you are probably (laughs) visualizing a plate of sugar when you think of pasta bread and dessert right i am it's a plate of sugar it is a romantic plate of sugar (laughs) or it's not going to be very romantic later that night but it is it is too much sugar it is even for somebody without diabetes i mean i'm just thinking how i would feel if i sat down right now to a plate of pasta, bread, and dessert, all that sugar, I would feel sluggish. I would feel bloated. I had a lot of clients that would tell me when they eat too many carbs, which turns to too much sugar, they would get brain fog. Mm-hmm. Not fun. No, not and fun. And we probably do we have do to, we go need to, a, to take a break. A last break. We might as well. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Wouldn't it be nice if there was a magic pill we could take to prevent diabetes and its complications? Sadly. There isn't. However, when we come back from break, Cassie and I will discuss a new product that several clients at Nutritional Weight and Wellness are finding really does help support good blood sugar balance all day long. Welcome back. 
podcast edition of Nutrition. I'm Cassie Weenus, registered and licensed dietitian. Now, before we went to break, Brenna was talking about nutritional weight and wellness and how, well, of course, talking about our company, company. but we were talking about how we are now carrying a new product which can help with blood sugar balance, which is a key step in preventing complications related to diabetes. And this new line of products is called you can, and I, that must be a play on words, right? I mean, it's yeah. spelled U-C-A-N, but it's like, you can do this. You can do this, which is what we always like to tell our clients. Right. And I found that many clients who experience blood sugar swings during the day, even when they eat in balance and avoid processed carbohydrates, can really benefit by adding half a packet of you can to their diet. And we have kind of three options. There's an unflavored one that you can mix into smoothies, but we've also got two flavors, the crayon raspberry and the tropical orange, both of which I've tried and they are pretty darn delicious. And this you can product is what is called a super starch. That's the main ingredient. And that basically is a starch that's digested very, very slowly. So it's not supposed to ever spike your blood sugar. I guess it's almost like just eating fiber. Kind of. Yes. Simply mixing half a packet into a glass of water and drinking it with a balanced meal or snack is a great option. And just doing that one to two times a day and clients tell us that they have fewer cravings, they have more consistent energy and better blood sugar numbers when they do this. Now, you can purchase the You Can, again, it's spelled U-C-A-N, in any of our seven Minnesota Twin Cities locations, or you can also get it off of our website, weightandwellness.com. And when you go to weightandwellness.com, if you've never surfed that site before, you just click on products. Yep. And we don't charge shipping and handling on anything. So it's the exact same price as if you'd walk into the store. So on a cold day like today, <laughs> if you don't want to be out or if you live out of state or um, you know just can't get here, it's a great way to get your products. Right. We have a caller on line one. I think we'll go to that before we get back to our topic. So good morning, Barbara. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Thank you. Yes, you had a question for us? Yes, I don't know if you're in the right age group, but the preparation for colonoscopy is rather daunting, and I have a couple questions about what you would recommend to help me out. All right, shoot away. Well, one of them is three days in advance, you're supposed to begin a low-fiber diet. Yes. And the foods they recommend, you go into the breads, white um, rice, noodles, the saltines, as you mentioned, just sounds too nasty for me. And because I've been trying to follow your plan through the years, they do get into some of the meat area where it says ground, well-cooked, tender beef, for example, and eggs. Um, Even in the vegetables, they say tender cooked and canned vegetables without seeds, carrots, asparagus tips, green or wax beans. And that's really about it. Do you have any recommendations on how we can put together a three-day plan for that? Well, first off, I don't think that's an exhaustive list, and I don't think that's a Bible. I had to have one um, for reasons I won't get into, but I had to have one, was it last year? And I didn't even go by any list. I just kept a little lower fiber, but I still ate my vegetables, I still ate my meat, and I still ate my healthy fat. So I don't think there's any reason why you have to do canned. I would stay away from seeds um, and Maybe sticking more with your root vegetables, the carrots, parsnips, mm -hmm. turnips, radishes. Oh, and sweet potatoes? I would do, you could do some sweet potato without the skin. Right, or some canned pumpkin. Okay. You know, just don't overdo it. You're going to get fiber. I know, you know, probably if you did the white bread and all the the stuff that they're giving you on the list, the, the cleaning out day might 
have a little less to clean out, but it's still, you'll get there. I, I don't want to get too graphic over the, <laughs> over the airwaves, but, but yeah, like I said, I mean, just if you can, it doesn't have to be canned vegetables, but if you can cook them really well, stay away from the seeds, I, the starchy Peel idea the as well. Yeah. I don't, I wish I remembered better. I don't remember changing things all that drastically other than staying away, um, you know, from my typical vegetable load, but like I said, still eat your meat and still eat your the fat. healthy fats. Yep. Okay. Is that and then what did you do for the sixty-four ounces of Gatorade that they recommend? Yeah, we I didn't, didn't do Gatorade. What I would recommend doing. Um, oh, what is it? I asked them if I could do something else because I didn't want to do it, and they gave me another option. What in the world? They probably they told said, you juice. No, no Gatorade, Powerade, or Pedialyte. You could do mm-hmm. you can do the cu- the clear Pedialyte, mm-hmm. and then if you need a little flavor, you can kind of do a little bit of juice with that. Or okay. in our offices, we also sell something called uh, Cinner. I think it's the Cinnerplex, C- mm-hmm. which is the electrolyte concentrate that you can then dilute again with maybe some sparkling water, some regular water, a little bit of juice for a little bit of carbohydrate in there. Would coconut water be a good alternate? I don't think... Doesn't it have electrolytes? It has some electrolytes. You might still need a little extra in there, potentially. I mean, they're basically just giving you an option to keep you hydrated, is the point of it. Okay. All right. Well, wish me luck. (laughs) Yes. Good luck. Good luck. This too shall pass. Thank you so very much. Thank you for listening. Okay. Jumping back into... I was talking about romantic sugar, romantic dinners. (laughs) Plates of sugar. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. So we were talking about a good. Oh well, yeah. You were talking about the typical Valentine Pines meal dinner, is, yes. a, is a plate of sugar, but um, we that have more ideas than that, right? Bloated yeah. and foggy headed. Yeah, and even if you don't have diabetes, like we've been saying, a, a a plate of sugar, a plate of pasta and bread and and cookies or whatever your dessert is, that doesn't put you in the mood. No, because sugar accelerates the aging process. That's where my mind always goes. Yeah, Yeah. so don't do it. All right. Instead of a high sugar meal, people might make their loved one a balanced meal of wild rice meatballs topped with marinara sauce, which is what we had earlier this week, and a little Parmesan cheese and a big side of roasted asparagus. And then for dessert, melt some 80% dark chocolate and then have fun dipping strawberries into it and feeding them to your special someone. Those are so good and so easy. And speaking of Valentine's Day, I have to give some accolades to my second graders teacher. They had their Valentine's parties on Friday, so Mm -hmm. yesterday. And I was just all smiles when Marissa came home and showed me what her teacher had given to every child in the class. So first of all, for their party, they didn't do food or anything like that. They watched the Charlie Brown Valentine special. Oh, cute. And then the teacher had for every child a 16-ounce bottle of water. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just a plain old bottle of water. She had made labels with their names, so they each got their own bottle of water with their name on it. And oh, how cute. To an 8-year-old, that's pretty darn cool. That was pretty special. So, you know, it was a healthy choice, and, and it was... It was easy, and I think if there's any teachers out there that want to borrow that idea for next year, it would be a great idea. We we need to remember that these young kids, it doesn't take a lot to make them happy, and we certainly don't need to load them up with sugar. 
Back to your wild rice meatball recipe, though, when you were talking about that, that is one of my favorite recipes in our Mm -hmm. cookbook. So if you have the Dishing Up Nutrition cookbook, it's in there. If you don't have the cookbook, you can find it on our website at weightandwellness.com. Just click on recipes and you can print that off at no charge. It's delicious. And people might be wondering, how do I know if my blood sugars are balanced? Yes. Well, you know, as you get used to eating mostly real foods, and I like to explain to people, if you're wondering what's real and what's not, just think, okay, could I grow this food theoretically in my garden? Could I pick it from a tree? Could Mm -hmm. I raise it on my farm? If the answer is yes, it's a real food. When you're eating mostly real foods, you're going to probably notice you have better moods, less carb and sugar cravings. You're going to feel less hungry throughout the day. Your energy levels are going to be better. These are all signs of a balanced blood sugar. And for people with diabetes who check their blood sugar using a glucometer, they can really see how different foods or different food combinations will affect their blood sugar. And many doctors and some dietitians recommend aiming for blood sugar levels less than 140 two hours after a meal. And others recommend blood sugar levels less than 180 two hours after a meal. But, and that's a range that that, yeah. that can be confusing. And we were talking about that in the break room before the radio show started, that you, you hear different numbers and what should you shoot for? And I think, Brenna, you said it best to me in the break room when you said the lower, the better, the closer you can get to 100 two hours post meal, the better. Right. And I'm working with a young client who has PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, and that's closely tied to insulin resistance. So it's not surprising that she has also been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And because of this, she is very motivated to keep her blood sugars balanced and has been checking her blood sugars many times a day to see how foods are affecting her. That's great. And has she made any connections? She really has. She has noticed that starchy vegetable carbohydrates like sweet potatoes, carrots, and peas will spike her blood sugars too high, even when she eats them in small amounts. Oh, we hear the music. That, yes, we do. So it's time for us to wrap up our show. But before we go, let's just kind of recap a few important points You know, remember that to prevent the complications of diabetes, such as heart disease, kidney failure, blindness, or neuropathy, you really have to take charge of your diet and keep your blood sugars balanced. And that might mean that you have to limit things like potatoes, uh, peas, corn, rice, carrots, all of that. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.